0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, June 5, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the big picture. Where are we on the charts? What's bullish, what's bearish, what's not either? What are the targets? What are the Irene numbers, if there are any? All that stuff is what we're gonna cover from a big picture perspective. We'll call it the proverbial air quotes 30,000 foot view. We'll start with Friday, the market had another big up day. We had a gap higher, they stuck. It was a floater Friday, almost right into the close. Today, they peaked their head up to a new high, did not close at a new high, Is that material information? No, it's not. When you look at the weekly chart, here's where we are. You'll remember we had the gap. 422.14 was that number. They got there and comfortably closed above it on Friday, closing out the week in a very bullish formation. Remember, we take the markets at face value. We don't worry about what's inside the wall of worry all the two or three dozen things that we can cite that should crash the market, turn the economy, cause a recession, all that stuff. None of that stuff matters. What does matter is price is the absolute arbiter. Therefore, above the gap, what's the next really important place? Well, it's this pivot high at 431.73. You can see this zone of overhead resistance from the weekly chart can they spike that pivot high can they close above that pivot high on the week is it likely to all happen in the same week not necessarily however keep in mind we do have a creeping market they did creep up and close above the gap where are they going well the next logical place from a weekly chart perspective is the pivot high at 431.73 you'll also remember we had the head and shoulders pattern that had a target of somewhere between 4.25 on the low side and 4.30 on the high side. Well, guess what? That's finished. They're right there. They're in between. That is what we say in the trading parlance as complete. Of course, in between 4.22.14 and 4.31.70, whatever, there are other numbers that are important for their own reasons, And we had one of those today from an inside the number and inside the number live room perspective. We'll get back to that in a moment. From a daily chart perspective, how do we read the tape? Well, if they continue to push higher, we have 430, we have 431 and change. And if need be inside the number members from an intraday perspective, we'll certainly have the additional of numbers that are found in the northbound lane. What about the flip side? Let's say tomorrow or some other day in the future, this week or beyond, we find the market giving up, meaning trading below, closing intraday candles below this low at 423.95. It's Friday's breakup candle low. Well, that's certainly going to open the door to backtest at a minimum of the gap at 422.14. And then there's, of course, a daily gap right below that. That comes in at 421.82. So getting below that stuff in a test is okay. Staying below hour after hour after hour and then a daily close below and so on, that would be a failed breakout and recapture of some lower numbers type situation. Put that on a sticky note. Let's swing over to inside the numbers. Let's see if any money was made today. Where were the trades? What was the layout? Let's take a look. They did the debt ceiling deal, they got the new credit card, unlimited spending on the back of you and me. That was the first order of business today. 427.55 was our early pivot. What does that mean? That means that above the pivot, it's a floater, bullish tape, they can go higher, they can speed higher, they can float higher. It's a bullish thing above the pivot, It doesn't have to be all out bearish below, it's just not as bullish, and it gives the market the opportunity to fall. We'll look at both sides of that. There's a visual of our pivot. You could see in the morning session, they couldn't even get there, they came up short. That's bullish on its face in the afternoon, and you'll see in the notes later, if they get below, that's a bearish thing, and they can fall, came back for a retest, tried to fall again, came back for a retest at the end of the day, that solidifies the importance of that number, now into the end of the day, it doesn't really matter too much, but that number was in fact important. The higher part, if they spike above and they continue higher above the pivot, that brings in some higher stuff into the equation, such as 430, which is a big fat round number. Sometimes they come up short and other times they spike them through. We know that. So the come up short would be around 429.60, which has its own importance. Write that down. We're gonna come right back to that in a moment. Above 4.30, real-time situation. Now, below the pivot early in the morning, we were looking at something all the way down at 4.25.50. However, as the day develops, those things have a tendency to change, but that was the early look at zero dark 30. Remember 4.29.60, it's actually 61. Back to the visual, because we think better in pictures, we're going to focus in on this candle right here, because the high was, in fact, 429.62 on the button. So they spiked that number by one penny. The exact number was 429.61, and that was, in fact, high of day. It was the come-up short of 430 number, but it was an important number in its own right. Why was that? This is what it is. Weekly chart. You have the high from January of 2022, the low in October of 2022, and we've retraced precisely 61.8%, 429.61 of that number, or of those two numbers. Can they go higher? Of course they can go higher. Is that a natural point where the market would stop going up even if they spike it through? Remember, We're looking at a long-term chart, spiking at intra-week, closing the week below. That's normal garden variety stuff, even closing the week above. It's around this number. This is the precise number. That doesn't mean the market always stops on the precise number, but this general area, and when I say general area, you go like this. This general area should be overhead resistance so far today. Day one of getting there, first time, best time. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. First day, overhead resistance. Let's see what else we have as the day begins to get underway. By the way, service announcement. Inside the numbers in the live room will be closed this Friday. Have something to do. It is what it is. The live room will be open, actually. We decided that later. Jordan will run the live room on Friday. He gives you a different perspective. He's got statistical data, option stuff he likes to discuss. So you guys will have a good discussion in the room. It'll be of a different flavor on Friday. All right, let's see what else we have. Here's where we start to lay out how to affect, how to enter a morning trade. If there is one, where is the morning trade? How do we make money with this thing? First thing in the morning, that's the objective. We're looking for the morning trade. So 9.15, I come to the window with this. What's the early storyline? They're above the pivot. That's fine. We know that information. It's knowable information. If they stay there, they can continue to float and push higher. But where is the first place of overhead resistance? Well, how about Friday's high? That can be tested and spiked. And then we have the same thing we just talked about, that 618 retracement, 429.60, The actual number was 61. And guess what? If they spike a little higher, there's a big fat round number. And we had another number just slightly higher, 430-30. So we have a zone with an outside what if type of number. We have to know where we're wrong. But we also have to know where the other stuff is around our trading zone. Running away first thing in the morning is not the norm. We'll stay with the concept of the market does the same stuff over and over and over again. Net, net. Short opportunity at 428.74 up to 429.60 for a reaction back in the other direction. That's it. Back to the we think better in pictures thing. This was your short zone. They went up into the zone. They pulled back. They gave us the base hit. They went back up. It was a base hit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. Sometimes they give you on the trailer a Whopper Jr. or a Whopper. Sometimes they don't. That's why we take a base hit, we put it in our pocket, and if they give us the rest, great. If they don't, we have a base hit, we move on to the next thing. Of course, with the discussion in the live room today and the numbers on the board, we did have some traders that took an afternoon short up at the actual number at 429.61, and they ended up with a nice little trade that turned into a Whopper Jr. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, to double check the work, it's all in here. I gave you the live paraphrased version. Everything is in text slash written formation, plus it was discussed ad nauseum in the live room all morning long. And while the market was quiet, we got a lot of teaching and learning type work done in the live room. We looked at a ton of charts, gold, oil, bonds, several stocks, speaking of stocks, Nothing from stocks on the move. There were only two on the board. One came close, but Airbnb and Cloudflare, I believe, is net. Those did not hit their exact numbers, so there are officially no trades. But wait, there's more. Here's the number in Airbnb, by the way, 112.20. Stock made a low of 112.32. We did have some frontrunners, but officially they didn't hit the number, and they took off. The takeaway, the numbers work. One of the stocks we looked at in the live room today and traders took the trade on was KRE, came down into a zone. I believe that was the number. I could be off by a few pennies, but it doesn't matter. I'm doing this from memory. That was the zone in KRE, 41 to 40.60 in that neighborhood. And you can see they gave the bounce. We had some traders that took that trade this morning. We had traders that took the Sienna trade this morning from the live room, 4675 Nice trade for those folks that took this trade in the live room. We talked about this one this morning, Coin, Coinbase, 56.30. They tried to come down early in the morning, they bounced a little bit, and then they did it again in the afternoon, the early afternoon. So they actually hit the number in the early afternoon, but it still was the number nonetheless. Coinbase, we have something for everybody, whether you're inside the number member, whether you're inside the number live room member, there's something for everybody. What's going on over in Camp IWM? They had a tremendous rally higher to close above these moving averages on Friday. Now they close right back below, but since that move, now we have something on the downside to tell us that this thing is still good or not, and it's Friday's breakup candle low, just like the SPY. This low is 177.45, And when you go over to the weekly chart, what do you have? Remember what we've been talking about the whole time. We've been saying if they break the chain, okay, if they break the chain, then this is no longer in effect. They'll start to climb this breakdown candle all the way up somewhere around 190, give or take. Now, they popped above it. They're right back in it. Popping above it and coming right back in the next day is not the thing. They have to stay above it. They have to work their way above or just go on a tremendous, quick, short squeeze. Either way, they have to stay above. Just popping their head above one day, right back below the next, is just a pop back above. Take it at face value. What about my second favorite market-leading indicator, the folks down by the transportation department? A number one canary in the coal mine. Same deal. They pop back above these moving averages on Friday, right back into them today. We're not ready to make a read on this situation just yet. When you look at the weekly chart, there's really nothing going on that's any different. This doesn't really show up like it does on a daily chart on the weekly. It's not the same kind of move. All we need to know is stay above this stuff on weekly closes and she's okay to move higher. To where? Well, pop back above the 100 period moving average, then get up to 15,000. Those would be the next... Two spots, from a weekly chart perspective. Symmetry will come into play in that zone. Where do you learn symmetry? In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Plus, I talk about it in the live room all the time. I still think it's worth comparing and contrasting the equal weight, which is RSP, which is an exchange-traded product, equal weight S&P 500 against the actual S&P 500, And we'll use the spider. So you look at this and you say, well, this is technically still in a downtrend. And you bring up the spider and you say, whoa, that doesn't look the same. So again, the weighting has something to do with it. The price of the S&P 500 is an absolute. But what this does tell us in the RSP is you do not have a broad based rally, but that brings up two points. That could mean a bearish thing and markets will roll over. Yes, that could mean that. It has mean that in the past. It could mean that in the future. However, the other side of that, and we are the umpire calling balls and strikes, and you must need to know this information. You must know this, that the market or the rally can broaden out and go higher. Both things are possible. One or the other will happen, or the market will just go higher, on the less broad sense and then roll over, but we have to know both sides. Why can't the market broaden out and pull everything higher? The answer is it can. We don't know that it will, but it's certainly one of the options that we look at as analysts. We check our biases at the door and we're the umpire calling balls and strikes and pitch clocks. What about the Q people? A little poke to another new high, Is that a tail candle on heavy volume? No, it's not. It's a poke to new high, but they are far from home base. They will have to come back to pay a visit, at least in the direction of home base. Home base could move up in price as price of the actual thing in the queues, this case, can move down simultaneously. They can eat time off the clock, move sideways, let home base creep up to price. All those things can happen But markets don't like to get too far from home base. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. What about the XLF? Let's take it from a different viewpoint tonight. You have a low, a higher low, and a higher low. That's at least short term bullish. What you also have are highs, lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high, and you're testing that same lower high area. You can say this is somewhat of a triangle, even though we don't have a perfect triangle, but the longer they do this and they start kind of pinching together from the lower highs and the higher lows, then eventually this is going to either have to break out or break down. One thing or the other is inevitable. When you clear out some of the noise and you look at the weekly chart, you say, well, this is a bearish flaggish kind of thing, until they break the chain or break the channel either they break the channel in the upward direction or they break the channel in the lower direction but they can do this channel routine for quite some time food for thought it's valuable information when they go to the top of the channel the media will say everything's great and hunky-dory in the financial space when they go to the bottom of the channel things are falling apart again that's just the way it works the media Follows the price action. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. What about Smash Mouth? Well, the SMH or the semi-space is a proxy, if you will, for the tech space as a whole. And it's a pretty good canary in the coal mine for the tech space in its own right. So what we'll notice here is we've got a top-out situation over here. Not Friday, but this was on the 30th of May. That was about a week ago. It was last Tuesday, last Turn around Tuesday. Now check this out, here's the weekly chart. You put in a top last week, remember last Tuesday. Okay, you're coming down. Where was that top? Let's just draw the line over. Well, seems to be it was right in the vicinity of this big time breakdown candle high, right there. Is that new information or is that garden variety the way the markets work? Markets and charts, Repeat the same stuff. All charts act and react the same way. I proved that point in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Where's home base? All the way down here. Will they like to come back to home base or at least eat some time off the clock while home base has a chance to creep up to price? One of those two things or a combination is the likely story. What else do you have? Well, you have the last breakout area. How do I know that? Because... Market ran up to here and pulled back. Then it ran up to here and pulled back. Then it broke out above there, and it's now pulling back. So when it does get back to here, is it fair to say that we may have a chance where the 20-week moving average might be there at the time? It's possible, but that is, a sense, a breakout area. Therefore, under normal garden-variety market conditions, it will be support on the way back down, not to the penny, they spike into them, they come up short, but that's the general concept, the general zone inside the number members have the refined numbers. They have the calculator numbers. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.